what's up? Welcome to Bible Prophecy Talk. My name is Chris, and it is good to be back with you once again, talking about Bible prophecy and all the stuff that goes along with that. Uh, before we get started, I do want to mention that I have started doing a few more podcast interviews lately, and I'll post the one that aired this last Friday from a podcast called The Abracast. Uh, John and I had a pretty interesting conversation about Bible prophecy on there, so check it out in the show notes if you are interested in that. All right, so I know we just talked about the Mark of the Beast the last podcast, I think, um, but this information is somewhat new. This is a new thing that's been going around the internet, and it is concerning a patent filed by Microsoft, and I'll read the abstract of the patent right now. It says, uh, human body activity associated with a task provided to a user may be used in the mining process of a cryptocurrency system. A server may provide a task to a device of a user which is communicatively coupled to that server. A sensor communicatively coupled to or compromised in the device of the user may sense body activity of the user. Body activity may be generated based on the sensed body activity of the user. The cryptocurrency system communicatively coupled to the device of the user may verify if the body activity satisfies one or more conditions set by the cryptocurrency system and award cryptocurrency to the user whose body activity data is verified. And then the marketing pitch of this particular thing going around the internet is that this is a patent which has the patent number 666 or so they say. So that's sort of the, the setup here. Um, so what we're going to do first is I think we need to talk about what this patent is because there's a lot of jargon here. And I think partially one of the reasons this has gained a bit of a foothold and will probably continue to gain more of one in the sort of uh, the Christian community is because it is hard to understand. And so uh, Christians are filling in the gaps with uh, their sort of half-baked notions about what the mark of the beast is. And so it kind of easily fits everybody's uh, preconceived notions, uh, unbiblical though they might be. All right, so first let's talk about what this thing is. So we need to talk about what cryptocurrency is, because ultimately this is a method of producing cryptocurrency. Bitcoin is one type of cryptocurrency, Ethereum is another, a lot of people have made up all kinds of weird branded cryptocurrencies, um, because the idea is decentralized. You can make one uh, if you... Uh, can produce it correctly. And one of the ways you produce uh, bitcoins or any other kind of cryptocurrency is what they call mining. Now, mining right now is done, uh, somebody might have like a bunch of computer equipment in their room, and uh, it's basically all these processors and these you know, cards and everything running, uh, using a lot of electricity to basically solve these these mathematical problems, these algorithms to accomplish what they call a proof of work. Kind of one of the limitations on mining Bitcoins, it sounds like, oh, it's easy. If I can just make a Bitcoin by getting my computer to, to make one, well, it's not that simple. You have to have a ton of computing power, first of all, and then you need a lot of electricity in order to, uh, to do that. And a lot of the equations of whether or not it's worth it for you to mine Bitcoins as a job is how cheaply you can get electricity. That's why some people like in Venezuela, one of the jobs you can do right there is mining cryptocurrency because they artificially keep their prices for electricity down since it's ultimately based off their 
uh, supply of oil. It's another reason uh, with the Bitcoin situation now that power companies like nuclear power plants are like uh, supplementing their income by by producing Bitcoin because for them power is really cheap, you know, because they're wholesalers of power, if you will. So they can produce Bitcoins cheaper than your average person. So one of the things that has been um, that's also considered one of the downsides of cryptocurrency and blockchain technology in general is the power consumption issue. There have been attempts, uh, let's see if I have the notes on this one, for uh, people to produce cryptocurrencies that didn't require uh, that much electricity. So there is a guy, Manuel, Manuel Beltran, the founder of the Dutch Institute of Human Obsolescence, set up an experiment in 2018 to mine cryptocurrencies with a special bodysuit that harvested human body heat into a sustainable energy source. The electricity generated was then fed to a computer to mine cryptocurrencies. Okay, so in this case, the idea is let's be less, I mean, because using all that uh, that electrical power, which is coming from a power plant, is, you know, uh, kind of wasteful, depending on how you look at it. So in this particular situation, he is basically just using the bodysuit to mine, kind of in a matrix kind of way, where the, where the whole thing was about BTUs. Uh, that's not necessarily, that's not all of what this Microsoft patent is, uh, is talking about, but it is part of it. So let me read a little bit more from this patent so we can get a better idea of what it is talking about. Some exemplary embodiments of the present disclosure may use bo human body activity associated with a task provided to a user as a solution to mining challenges in the cryptocurrency systems. For example, a brainwave or body heat emitted from the user when the user performs the task provided by an information or service provider, such as viewing advertisements or using certain inter internet services, can be used in the mining process instead of a massive computation work required by some conventional cryptocurrency systems. Data generated based on the body activity of the user can be a proof of work, and therefore a user can solve the computationally difficult problem unconsciously. Accordingly, certain exemplary embodiments of the present disclosure may reduce computational energy for the mining process as well as making the mining process faster. So what this is saying is that, let's say you have a Microsoft uh, a coin, okay, that they want to award people this, this coin for use in their, in their system or, or whatever, uh, you can even say, what if it was a world currency? Whatever. It is, they're going to award people their version of a Bitcoin. And the way that they're going to do that is by giving the user, for example, a, a problem or just having them view an ad. This can be as simple uh, in terms of application as, hey, watch this ad, but we want to make sure that the people watch the ad. Um, and we want to have essentially proof that they watched the ad. We want to reward them for watching the ad, but we want to make sure they watch the ad. So they can have various monitors to, to determine that the person watched the ad or did the task or used their service. And once they did, they would be awarded this, uh, this cryptocurrency. But the other aspect of this is that it's not just about uh, proving whether somebody viewed the ad. It, another possible application of this is it could be an extremely cheap way to produce cryptocurrency without all the uh, power consumption situation. So I can imagine a very matrix situation where they have this you know, huge warehouse just filled with people uh, in front of computers uh, that have like you know, some headset on or they're just solving some silly puzzle uh, in order for that, uh, that whatever brainwave or body heat to then be converted to uh, the energy needed to 
solve the proof of work to create cryptocurrency. So it could the application could simply be a cheaper way to create uh, cryptocurrency without the huge bottleneck of, of the power consumption issues. But let's talk about what kind of sensors they're talking about first, and then let's talk about uh, what these sensors are going to sense. So again, from the patent, it says, functional magnetic resonance imaging, fMRI scanners or sensors, uh, EEG sensors, near-infrared spectroscopy, NIRS sensors, heart rate monitors, thermal sensors, optical sensors, radio frequency sensors, ultrasonic sensors, cameras, or any other sensor or scanner that measure or sense body activity or scan human body. Uh, for instance, the fMRI may measure body activity by deflecting changes associated with the blood flow. The fMRI may use magnetic field and radio waves to create detailed images of the body, e.g. blood flow and the brain, to detect areas of activity. Uh, specifically when talking about what they're going to be uh, uh, scanning, and then uh, transmit the sensed body activity of the user to the user device. The body activity may include, for example, but not limited to, radiation admitted for, uh, from the human body, brain activities, body fluid flow, e.g. blood flow, organ activity or movement, body movement, and or any other activities that can be sensed and represented by images, waves, signals, text, numbers, degrees, or any other form of information or data. I'm trying to cover all their bases here. Examples of body radiation admitted from the human body may include radiant heat of the body, pulse rate, or brain wave. Brain waves may uh, compromise, for example, but not limited to, gamma waves involved in the learning or memory tasks, beta waves involved in logical thinking and or conscious thought, alpha waves, which may be related to subconscious thought, theta waves, which may be related to thoughts involving deep or raw emotions, and delta waves, which may be involved in sleep or deep relaxation. Uh, EEG, which may be measured... Uh, which may be measured using uh, measurement used to evaluate the electrical activity in the brain, such as deep concentration. Examples of body movement may include eye movement, facial movement, or any other muscular movements. So I know that sounds like the kitchen sink, but I think what they're trying to do there is saying that we want to we want to be able to use any of this stuff if if it helps. If we've got a camera on somebody's face and we can judge their micro expressions, and we find that that's really the best way to tell if they have uh, done the tasks, or maybe it's their pulse rate that we've determined that, or maybe it is their brain waves. And here, again, I think people are thinking that this has to be some sort of microchip. They're, they're, that's one of the things they're reading into this, is like, it must be some microchip that I bet they're gonna put in your right hand or forehead. That's what I bet they're gonna do. Of course, none of that is is being stated here, or really even, even implied. A lot of these technologies uh, I don't even think would be best implemented in a, any kind of implantable data. Reading brainwaves, for instance, uh, is as simple as monitors on the head. I mean, it's not much more uh, significant to that. I don't even think implanting something into your brain would be all that useful in terms of uh, getting the brainwaves accurately measured any better or worse than what they do with, you know, your average sort of brainwave scanning kind of external sensors or whatever. So th this is really talking about, you know, measuring all kinds of biometric data as you do some kind of task. The idea is that if they could get you to produce cryptocurrencies while you sleep, measuring whatever the theta waves are or whatever one of those waves, then that would be great. If that was the one that worked uh, and they could get it to solve blockchain technology through that, then it would be uh, great. Okay, so let's I hope that I've kind of explained what the concept of this patent is first, possibly even demystified just a little bit, that on the one hand, it looks like the two possible applications for this are, is that they can issue cryptocurrencies as a reward for doing tasks that they want people to do, and they could know for sure that they did them, 
by uh, various uh, whatever they determine which one of these biometric data is the best sort of proof to show that they watched the ad or used their service or did whatever task that they wanted to do. The other aspect of this is a possible revolution in producing cryptocurrency, uh, which can be very matrix-like and put us all matrix-like and put us in a pod and uh, and harness our BTUs to uh, produce cryptocurrencies. And yes, maybe that is the job of the future. Maybe that's how we get out of this uh, potential depression as we get into our pods. We take our lunch pail to the pod and we're sitting in the pod and talking to your friend next to you as they uh, mine your body heat for cryptocurrency. All right, so let's talk Mark of the Beast stuff. Let's start off with the headliner of this particular one, which is the patent number is 666. Okay, so the patent number, I will link this in the show notes as well, uh, patentscope.wipo.int, uh, where you can see the patent number is actually W02020060606. Okay, now you might say, ah, Chris, don't be so lame like that. Why don't you just take that W02020? Because that 2020 is just about the year, and the W0, I don't know what that's about, but that last part just says 060606. And you have to admit that that says 666. Well, I don't admit that. And I think that number one, what you absolutely have to get this through your head before you say anything else has is the mark of the beast, is that what the Bible says in the original Greek is that the number is 600, three score, and six, which is a way to say the number 666, not three sixes in a row, most definitely not three sixes in a row. Uh, it is the number 666, the one that comes right after 665. That's another way to think about this. At best, this publication number of this patent uh, is, if you want to get rid of the W02020, it's 060606, which is the the very definition of three sixes in a row. Alternatively, if you had to make this a number, it would be 60,606. It is 100%, not 666. And I want to drive this point home because you have to recognize that it is unbiblical. It is, it is just downright uh, self-serving and certainly against the Bible to say that the Bible said anything other than 666. Not, not three nines, <laughs> not uh, 60,066 or whatever else. If you can make a case that the Bible was wrong, uh, like the Walid Shobat thing. He says that John, you know, John was just writing stuff that he saw and he was drawing pictures when he, when he saw, it. he had to make a case at least that John was, that, that we got it all wrong when we put 666. But if you're going to make the case that the Bible is correct, the way that it has been passed down to us, then the mark of the beast is 666. And it's definitely not W02020060606. A couple other things on this. Number one, the Bible says that the mark of the beast will be associated with the Antichrist's name. It is the number of his name. So we've got to make this patent number be the Antichrist's name. I don't really have a great way to, to smack this down. My supposition is that what comes first is the chicken and not the egg. In other words, however that shakes down to be associated with the Antichrist's name, whether it's like Germatria or something, I assume that it will be fairly obvious when it all happens. 
however it is that 666 is associated with the name of the Antichrist, the Mark of the Beast will be so named because of the Antichrist. In other words, I don't think it'll be a mistake, let's say, the Antichrist, or rather the false prophet, because he's the one that actually institutes the Mark of the Beast, institute takes this patent, this system about creating cryptocurrency and makes it be the Mark of the Beast later on. Uh, and it just so happens that it's also the name of the beast, even though it's 60606, but whatever, we're, we're suspending disbelief for now. And now it's just sort of a coincidence that it also happens to do with the, with the Antichrist name. Because we know for certain that this random publication number on this thing is not the name of the Antichrist, at least not, again, in a chicken versus egg situation. So it's not a great argument, I admit. Uh, similarly, my argument about uh, this being instituted by the false prophet. The false prophet is the one that institutes the mark of the beast. I could say, well, you know, this thing uh, isn't being instituted by the, the false prophet. It's being instituted by Microsoft. But I know that is uh, not a good argument for some of you because I know that some of you will say, well, then Microsoft is the false prophet, which again, I think that that comes from a desire to make this thing, this patent thing, be your thing. So in that case, you'll just, you're willing, we're so willing to just change everything else. Okay, okay, well then I'll throw away every single thing I've taught and believed about the false prophet, and now the false prophet is Microsoft. Uh, let's see, uh, how does, how, what else do I got to do? Well, he's got to uh, institute the image of the beast. I like that. That sounds something like techie that Microsoft could do. Uh, although the calling fire down from heaven and acting like a prophet a lot and sort of, uh, really seeming to be a bunch like a prophet who is heralding the uh, Messiah and forcing the world to worship him. I can make all that be techie. I can, I can totally divorce anything that looks like the guy is actually going to be uh, a, a fake prophet um, and just make him be a corporation. Alternatively, it's not a great argument, I admit, because you could say, well, the actual false prophet, uh, who is going to be more or less a prophet, not a corporation, uh, not very techie, uh, will will just use this uh, patent from Microsoft. And so therefore he can institute it, even if uh, Microsoft itself is not the false prophet. So both of those are not great arguments. I admit they uh, just are worthy of consideration in my opinion. One thing I do think is a good argument or a decent argument is that, as I talked about in the last podcast, a lot of people just take the one thing about the Mark of the Beast that they got in their minds, uh, which is that you can't buy or sell without it. And they, they look at this and say, wow, this has everything to do with buying and selling. This is all about cryptocurrency. And so this has to do with buying and selling. And I would say, well, it, it could have something to do with buying in the sense that you're, you know, I guess creating Bitcoins with your mind. So you can, you can, I don't know, maybe, I guess the idea is that you could like think about the Antichrist and think about worshiping him and then bing, you get an Antichrist buck and then you can spend that, okay? So let's say it's as nefarious as that, uh, that, that, that in order to, to make this all work, you have to uh, you know worship the Antichrist in your mind, and then uh, you get an Antichrist buck and you can spend that. Okay, but you can't sell with this patent. This has nothing to do with selling. I know it's not a terribly great argument, but it is true. Uh, even if you sort of were able to, to move this around enough and, and move enough pieces to make this about buying, even though it's not, it's about mining cryptocurrency, not, but technically I suppose you could say, well, I could buy something once I mine it. So, okay, maybe it's about buying, but it's definitely not about selling. This has nothing to do with accounts or transactional stuff or whatever, but I get it. I get it. This is about cryptocurrency and therefore it has the buying and selling metric, which is always been our thing. I talked about in that interview I mentioned about, and I've talked about this in previous podcasts, that 
the, the, the thing I was always taught when I was a kid, that a cashless society, uh, the guy who interviewed me, John, talked about how he was always told it was credit cards, you know. Um, you know, we Christians have always been suspicious of anything that has the words not being able to buy or sell without it. But I would say, you know, to you, to you, uh, to everybody, as I said before, that criteria alone by itself is utterly worthless because it just means cash. Uh, if you move to 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 China, you can't buy or sell without yen or whatever their currency is. And similar situations here, you can't buy or sell unless you have money. And so money is the mark of the beast, according to that logic. It's just the money itself is not the mark of the beast. The, the act of, of getting it in your right hand or forehead, having it be issued by the false prophet in the context of the Antichrist who has set himself up as God and is demanding the worship of the world and the temple. I have thought about this a lot lately, uh, about the chip thing and why chips kind of became synonymous in our minds with the mark of the beast. Because at, at the basis, and I've said this before, that the mark of the beast is just something that is intended to, to choose a side. And you choose the Antichrist team, but almost more than that, you're, you're choosing to disassociate yourself with the terrorists with the uh, people who have this war on terror against them. You say, I don't want to be one of them Taliban. This is me disassociating with the Taliban, of course, and the Taliban in this case is the Christians who are being brutally uh, killed, who the Antichrist has been authority, has given the authority to specifically kill those that hold to the testimony of Jesus Christ. They are being, Jesus says that the world will hate them. And so it's going to be uh, something that you're going to want to disassociate yourself from them, but it's a carrot and the stick situation. I'm also going to associate myself with this guy who uh, appears to have been resurrected from the dead. And it's an interesting point on that resurrected from the dead point that I forgot to mention because of 2 Thessalonians 2. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders and with all the wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Now, this is an important concept that God has sent, is going to send this strong delusion in the end times, specifically associated with the Antichrist and his uh, his revealing himself in the temple, declaring himself to be God, which I believe is all about his resurrection, because I believe it happens directly before that for uh, reasons in Daniel and other things that I've talked about in the past. But the point is uh, that this strong delusion helps to explain, I think, the big problem people have with the mark of the beast uh, that, that doesn't sit well with them. Uh, in the last podcast, I read all the different places in the Bible that talk about the mark of the beast, because there's actually a lot in the book of Revelation. Mostly in the book of Revelation, it's talking about how those that took the mark are, are in hell, going to hell, that is defined almost as the reason that they went to hell. And it's different qualitatively, as I discussed in that podcast, than the people who were all in with the worship of the Antichrist, because it does appear to be sort of two groups in terms of uh, quality, that is to say, some people love the fact that he is undefeated in warfare. Who can make war with the beast? Some people love the fact that he has risen from the dead, whose mortal wound was healed, mentions that several times, or that he's speaking blasphemous words, or all the other uh, things that he does, the false signs and wonders. People people love him. There's, there's true believers, if you will. And then it distinguishes them from those that took the mark, although it also lumps them in the same category in terms of their punishment. And I don't think we like that in terms of our sense of, uh, uh, of 
judgment. So what we we, we think uh, all these people did was to do this to to go along to get along. They weren't even you know they just they just did it to to make sure that they ate and to feed their families or whatever. They surely don't deserve the same punishment of of the people that were uh, you know falling on their faces in rapture uh, worshiping the antichrist. Well, that's the reason why I think that me included, I used to do this, is think that there has to be a chip or something that could uh, change your mind. Like the, the mar- this is a th- theology that I created to, uh, to better serve my sense of justice, which was that the thing that you get, the mark of the beast, changes you in some fundamental, fundamental way to where now you can't worship God or you refuse to repent. Uh, it's the mark of the beast itself that causes you to no longer be able to repent. Because it certainly says that, that of the people in the book of Revelation, in the sense that they refuse to repent, they see all these things, they see all the torments, but yet they refuse to repent. But one thing it certainly doesn't say is that the mark of the beast is the reason that they don't repent. That's just something that we have uh, believed, and it's partly in combination with the fact that we've got all these new technologies that sort of suggest that that's possible. By the way, this patent is not suggesting that's possible. This has nothing to do, at, at best, this is sensing your brain waves. It, you have to think about the, in terms of our brain, we basically know almost nothing. Uh, we're like chimpanzees poking and prodding and things. We can tell that certain things happen when we think about certain things. Oh, that's lighting up when you think about that. Think about this. Ooh, that lights up when you think about that. But we don't know how it works. We don't know anything beyond the very basic sensory sort of stuff with brains. And yes, we're getting a little bit better at it, but even the stuff like Elon Musk is doing with, you know, putting chips in the brains or whatever, at base level, all those are really doing is putting low level electrical shocks into parts of the brain that they know are associated with other things. It's not highly technical by any means. It's little better than leeches, uh, you know, on on wounds. Uh, Yes, okay, maybe we'll get super sophisticated at that or whatever, but all I'm trying to say is this particular patent has nothing to do with changing your theta waves to make you love the Antichrist or whatever. Even the the chip thing that we always think, I mean, that was that was a radio beacon that basically was beep, you know, you scan and, oh, I got the, you know, there's my number and my 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 papers, beep, okay, you got me, okay, there you go. I, it did, but in my, you know, it was always supposed to be, ah, oh, now I, whatever. But all that to say <laughs> that here in 2 Thessalonians 2, you got your reason. It says that God sends them a strong delusion so that they will believe the lie. And why? Because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. This is a this is a decision that they made. Um, and, and it doesn't matter if they took the Antichrist to go along to get along, as I made the point in the previous podcast, is that that's no excuse. Because if you understand the way this Mark of the Beast gets implemented, it is implemented right around, in my opinion, I think it's quite clear, the midpoint of the 70th week of Daniel, in which the Antichrist has declared himself to be God in the temple, He's, he has revealed himself for what he really is, a guy who is claiming to be God. Uh, and I would say he's claiming to be um, the God of the Bible, really, because if he's sitting in the temple doing that, then he's he's claiming the rightful place of Jesus Christ in the millennium. So he may or may not be claiming to be that. But in any case, he is the reason that the abomination of desolation, the greatest persecution of all time, begins at that point is because he then says, these people, now I want you to go kill those that are holding us back from this utopia. They must be 
extirpated. They must be wiped off from the earth. All my followers go kill them. And they certainly do. And during that persecution, which is Jesus says will be unlike any that has ever been nor ever will be, uh, it is really important for to mark out who is for and who is against those people. And that's what the mark of the beast is. I am for this guy. Give me his name on my forehead uh, and, and make sure I'm not associated with these people over here. But uh, I have ranted here for quite some time. I hope I got what I wanted to say out. Uh, and yes, looking over my notes, I guess I did. So thank you for listening. Once again, go to BibleProphecyTalk.com or follow me on Twitter at PreWrathRapture on Twitter. Do that. I just uh, posted a meme today that I'm quite proud of regarding the PreWrath Rapture. So yeah, PreWrath Rapture on Twitter. All right, see you later.